Welcome to this episode of Speaking Software. I'm your host, Philip, and together we're going to take yet another look at the soft side of software development. Today's topic is one in our series of pro advice. We're going to be talking about working remotely long term. Let's get right into it. Now, if you're listening to this in 2020, then you know that this year has really drawn us a curveball. And for those of you who are lucky enough to still be in employment, you might have found a silver lining via working from home. And although sitting on the couch in your jammies, covered in crumbs, with Steven Seagal movies on in the background, might sound appealing to some, it can very quickly lead to dissatisfaction, health problems, and sometimes marital mayhem. Now, I've been working from home long term for about five years now. And let me tell you that there were some challenges once the honeymoon period faded away. If you're looking at a long-term work-from-home situation or considering a new position or contract that's semi or fully work-from-home, you will end up facing these very same challenges. No, don't get me wrong. I love, love, love work-from-home. And I would choose this 10 out of 10 times if it was an option to take in a job. And I just know that you're going to love it too. However, there are some teething pains. Luckily for you, I'm here to give you my advice, which is distilled information from the lessons learned from my very own mistakes. I'm going to go through my top tips with you to make sure that your at-home adventure is a successful one. Now, don't worry, there is a lot of information here, but it's all going to be available in the show notes. So if you miss some, no need to panic, you can catch up later. So let's go. Top tip number one, it is all about the optics. It's not about what you see though, it's what everyone else sees of you. All calls should be video calls unless specifically requested not to be. Keep up appearances. Regularly ring coworkers with questions and to discuss things. Call someone that maybe you don't speak to very often every week or two weeks to remind them that you're still alive. It's just, it's too easy to lazily email and instant message people, but to succeed, to actually get the most out of work from home, you really need to make sure that you are in the forefront of everyone's mind. Personally, oh, I hated video calls so much. When I started to work from home, I would slither out of bed at 8.29 with just enough time to turn on my laptop, turn on Teams, and my VPN before 8.30 hit. And of course, someone would try and video call me at 8.35. I wouldn't have even gotten a sliver of coffee into my mouth, never mind actually be washed or dressed or in any way presentable. And because of this, I avoided and just danced around video calls for ages and then people kind of forgot that I was on group calls or they didn't realize I was actually working or available or still in the company. <laughs> Huge mistake. You want that if two people are talking and someone mentions your name, the person they're speaking to should have had some contact with you in the recent past. No one should question if you're working or have doubts about you being productive. For example, if someone rings you or message you and asks, hey, are you working today? 
This can kill your work from home situation and sometimes even your job. Gotta be careful with this. The optics around this sort of thing can be damning and it's a small rumor that can cut you out even if you're delivering and you're being productive. Nip rumors in the bud. Also make sure that everyone knows your start, end and lunch times. This is critical if you're on flexi time or if you have teammates in a different time zone. Another thing to remember is if you've done something or you're doing something, tell everyone. Message in the group chat. Hey, I committed a fix for X. Do a poll. If your boss rings you to ask for something, try and ask them a question about, you know, a current task or maybe even share your screen for a quick minute just to make sure that it's fresh in their mind that you're working. If a coworker rings, you know, Ask, can you do a pair programming session later on a task? You know, just to get a second set of eyes. I want to be clear here that you're not trying to waste people's time or anything like that. You're collaborating with the team that you have in your call log, a set of calls, and you can point to them at any stage and say, look, I've been talking to Mary, Jim, Nor, however, for all these times, and these are what we talked about. Top tip number two, let's get physical, baby. Not like that, though. <laughs> this is a PG-13 podcast. This is a big topic. I'm going to split it into a few little bits. Physical part number one is posture. Good posture is paramount. Stay with me here. The couch or the kitchen table is only going to serve you for so long before impracticality and pain set in. I urge you to set up your workplace correctly. Make sure the desk and the seat are at the correct height. Make sure your position is straight. You know, your feet are squarely on the ground. Don't have one leg curled up under your butt or lean to one side. If you're lucky enough to have two screens to look at, you know, maybe you have two monitors or you have your laptop screen and a monitor attached, I would personally recommend putting one above the other, if it can be done at a comfortable height, rather than side by side. Are you bored yet? Did I hear you snore? This stuff bored me to tears before. I remember company training and presentations and all it did was make me snore. I didn't think that any of this was important when I was younger. Until one day, I was in the office. I looked to the right and then I just physically couldn't look left again. Any attempt to move my head to the left resulted in crazy shooting pains all down my neck and back. I was literally stuck in my seat, unable to move. I had to ring my wife, Monica, to come and collect me from work and drive me to the doctor. Now, the really scary thing is, I was only 28 when this happened. And it was the direct result of poor posture. And I thought I had reasonably good posture. My doctor said I was extremely, extremely lucky that it didn't happen when I was driving. I could have seriously hurt or killed someone along with myself because of bad posture. Can you believe that? That one kind of kept me awake for a while. The knock-on effect of this was I was out of work and bedridden for I think two to three weeks and now I still need semi-regular appointments with my physio. I've adjusted my posture, I've had everything checked out and my work environment is pretty good and to be honest I've very little continuous pain. I still get twinges though on bad days. I'm way too young for this stuff. 
you really got to take posture seriously. Good posture is paramount. The second thing we're going to look at as part of our physical is optics. And this time we actually mean your eyes. Remote workers tend to spend on average much, much, much longer looking at screens than on-premise staff. A blue light coating on your glasses or special glasses that are blue light protective are essential. I used to get frequent headaches and I had trouble going to sleep as I was, you know, by necessity, looking at screens all day, every day. As a software developer, you really don't have another choice. I also want you to remember the triple 20 rule. Every 20 minutes, look at something over 20 feet away for at least 20 seconds. This will help relax your eyes and goes a very long way to preventing or at least minimizing long-term damage. Also make sure that there's no glare from the window onto your screen or directly in your eyes. A makeshift cardboard shield will definitely help you here. And speaking of lighting, don't sit in a dark room. Have some kind of additional lighting apart from your computer screen. Heart health is the next one. You've heard it before. Sitting is the new smoking. Do not sit all day. Just like with your eyes, you've got to take care of your heart. There's two parts to this. One is stand up, walk around, stretch your legs, maybe even throw in a few air squats for good measure. If you can, go for a walk maybe before work or afterwards. If you've time on your lunch break, just get that blood pumping. Watch what you're eating as well. Oh my God, it is way too easy to raid the snack press without anyone there to guilt you into not doing it. But all of those biscuits, cookies and bars, they add up. It's not just the weight though. Cholesterol is a big factor here too. Combined with a lack of movement, it can literally be a silent killer. When we first came to Spain in, I think it was <clears throat> July 2018, I tried every new and tasty food I could get my little hands on. By October, I wasn't feeling well. And we went to the doctor and he told me that I had extremely high cholesterol. This shocked me as I was, I think, 29, maybe just 30 at the time. And I only weighed 75 kilos. I did not realize the dangers. But luckily, we copped it. And before it was too late, we were able to fix things, and I am fighting fit now. Speaking of heart, you got to look at your other muscles. Stretch often. Keep the circulation going. Something you need to remember, if pins and needles are setting in when you're sitting for long periods of time, you are sitting incorrectly. We're going to take a gander at our next point now, and that is mental health, from the physical to the mental when I first came to Spain, you know, we were living with our in-laws for a while, which was great, but I made a huge mistake by setting up my workstation in our bedroom. Eight hours of work and eight hours of sleep in the same four walls mean you're spending at least 16 hours a day in the same room. This can really weigh on you mentally after a while. I used to get super cranky and it just made me crazy. I hated working like a mini version of cabin fever. I don't know. And uh, I ended up later changing my work location to a separate space. And honestly, the difference was night and day. I just feel so much better. 
part of mental health is you got to remember the mental health of people around you. You're not in an office. You're at home. Your spouse, your partner, your family, they absolutely have a right to interrupt you within reason and to speak with you. You know, shutting people out can completely, you know, lead to arguments, stress, the breakdown of relationships. You cannot pretend that it's okay to shut off everyone else in your home for a big eight-hour block. It's not like you're a child and you can hang a sign on the door going, techies only, between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. That's just not going to fly. And that leads us nicely into point number four. Negotiating your home communication and interaction rules. You know, you're still working, so you need to balance being closed off enough to get your work done, but not so much that you begin to alienate yourself from your partner or family. It's not an office dynamic, so don't treat it like that. For example, in our room, in our home, we have a rule where if I'm receiving or making a call, I shout it really loudly, call, and I close my door. When I'm done, I open the door again. If the door is open, my wife Monica knows that it's safe to come in and she's not going to appear on a video call in her pajamas and that she's not distracting me from anything important. Point number five is cover your ass with the brass. This goes back to optics, but more so for maybe the decision makers where you're not always on their radar. They could be a few levels up the chain and you need to make sure that your value and presence is felt by them when the time calls for it. The biggest thing you can do here is take notes, lots of them. Every meeting, jot down what was discussed, who was there and what were the outcomes. Every single task you're asked to do or you complete, jot it down. I advise you to track your time on a daily basis. We're not talking to the minute stuff here, but at least have a good list of what you did on what day. This is good practice even if you're on premise. Like you should really be doing this stuff. I want you to think about it from the opposite perspective. Imagine you're a business owner and you have an employee who works from home. I think it's fair to say that you would want to know what they're up to and if they're being productive and earning their keep. I made the serious mistake before of not doing this when I first started working remotely about five years ago. And when I was called upon to produce this evidence, I had to scramble to put together notes based on Teams and Skype conversations, on GitHub commits, on emails, and generally just asking teammates, what did we do at this time while feeling like an idiot? This is not something you want to do. Cover your ass and be prepared. There will absolutely come a point where someone who you don't normally interact with will want to know what you do all day if you're being productive. And unlike a traditional office situation, you're not going to have your boss milling around the room or being on premise to help you out. you got to have the evidence. My final top tip is to be flexible. you got to remember that your daily commute has dropped from like 30 to 60 minutes each way in the rain to 30 to 60 seconds on a bad day. And while your employer really has no right to ask you to work that time while others commute, you should still try and be flexible. 
a few minutes here and there really shows that you're invested in your work and you're not just sitting around in your underwear eating snacks. So that's it. While you're working from home, remember these top tips. It's all about the optics. Get physical. Mental health awareness. Negotiate your at-home communication and interaction rules. Cover your ass with the brass and be flexible. Follow these six tips and your work from home situation is going to be bliss. Just remember not to rub it in too much when your neighbors and friends talk about their one-hour commutes cycling in the rain. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or queries as well as the social media accounts. You can message me on Anchor FM or just email me directly via speakingsoftwareshow at gmail.com. I would be delighted to help you in any way that I can and try and answer any questions that you might have. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Remember that a rating, comment, or share will go a very long way towards keeping this going and allowing me to bring you new content. We have been Speaking Software. Catch you next time.